Welcome to the Movie Business Podcast, picking up where Movie Business Book left off. I'm Jason Squire, hosting a wide range of industry talent and executives to answer fundamental questions about the business today. Here we go. And today we're discussing the secrets of being an independent producer with Eric B. Fleischman, a prolific independent producer honored as one of Forbes 30 Under 30 in Hollywood and Entertainment. He's made 33 features in nine years, with some chosen as official selections at Sundance, Tribeca, and South by Southwest Film Festivals. Welcome, Eric. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. Um, what are the secrets of being an independent producer? That's... Um... Oh, if I if I if I tell you, I, I have to kill you, and then this podcast is not going to go very far. Um, so I, I guess this is this is the first and only podcast that will be uh, for the movie business community. Um, I mean, I think I think that there are. It's obviously a career. It's obviously an industry that has no like you know traditional path forward, and I think even more so, independent producing is um, has less of a traditional you know, step one, step two, step three. So, you know, I can only speak from my experiences uh, in the industry over the last 10 or 11 years that I've, I've been in here. Um, you know, I would say being an independent producer, and I, and I, it sounds negative, but I don't mean it this way, requires, I think, first and foremost, a bit of naivete as it were. Um, I think that you have to be able to convince yourself that not only will you succeed at this completely uh, risky job that has truly no safety net for you, right? You kind of have to like, okay, I'm going to walk down this tightrope. There's no safety net underneath. And I just have to trust myself that I can make it across. So I think there's a part of that that's really, I would say, it's probably a, a big aspect of um, the reason why a lot of people eventually, unfortunately, leave the world of independent producing, right? Because it is really risky. So I think you have to first be able to be like, okay, I can, I don't, I've never walked across a tightrope. I'm going to do it. A, B, you know, I have the skills to again, walk across this metaphorical tightrope, meaning I have the ability or I have the belief that I have the ability to pick good material, that I have the ability to meet uh, financiers and agents and, and do negotiations and have a, you know, a good head on my shoulders and be likable and be charming and be able to put together movies like the jigsaw puzzles that they are, that I'm gonna be able to deliver these films once they're done, and I'm going to be able to get paid for these films once they're in production or done or whenever. And I have to make a life out of this, right? You have to believe all of those things. Because um, if you don't, it makes the job very, very hard. And again, I think it's, you know, a lot of people get into independent producing because there's a mythology behind the job, I would say. You know, again, from my experience, there's a mythology, especially growing up, you know, I'm from Maryland. Uh, don't have, you know, didn't have any family members in the industry. 
um, when I was growing up or when I was in school or even after school. I, I do now, but you know that those people are recent successes within the, their own right. Um, but you know, you you read about producing. It's a job that's in a book, right? It's a job that's on uh, the special, you know. DVD that you got, you know, the, the three box set. It's like there's a behind the scenes and there's a producer being interviewed. So it's a job and a title that you know of. And so there's this mythology and mythos behind this job. And I think a lot of people get into it because you've you've heard about this job. You, you, you've seen the the surface level of it. And then you once you understand what it really takes to not only do it once, but to do it again and again and again, it it you know, it's it's stamina. It's you have to really be able to do both creative and business, which again, I think some people don't have the ability to, to, to handle both, which is why there are some producers that do purely creative, but I'm talking about sort of traditional independent producing, which is you're doing everything, absolutely everything. So naivete, complete and utter drive and belief in yourself. And I think there's also what in a level, I would say almost something that I'm at a stage in my career right now where I'm having to admit to myself that being an independent producer comes with, and again, speaking from purely my experience, everyone has different experiences, but it comes with this layer to the job that I wasn't, that I'm, I'm almost discovering now for myself. Um, and it's, I would categorize it as the art of war. There's this aspect to the job where I think the, 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 the elevated you become in the types of people that you work with in front of the camera, behind the camera, um, executives, whatever, there is uh, a ruthlessness that comes into the picture more so than when you're doing smaller budget movies with less known talent. Um, and it's this ruthlessness that I, you know, I've encountered it obviously over the last 10 years. It's impossible not to, but I think that, I'm learning a new skill literally right now. Yeah, having been doing this for 10 years, I'm, I, you know, I'm the kind of person who's always very open to learning and admitting I don't know something, right? So that I can be better at this job because again, you have to be sort of self-started. Um, it's learning how to navigate the, not that's just the political landscape of Hollywood, because that's obviously a given, but the emotional landscape of Hollywood, right? A lot of people are angry people and a lot of people are bullies in this industry, right? And again, those are unavoidable landmines. But I think now that I'm seeing a pattern where a lot of the older generation of Hollywood, whether it be talent or representatives or lawyers or executives, whatever, there is this ruthlessness that you sort of, you know, everyone has different ways of dealing with it. And I'm just learning, you know, now like A, this exists. B, it's unavoidable as much as you wish, you know, people could just be sunshine and rainbows all day long. Uh, and C, you know, you can't, and this sort of goes to the larger element of what's another secret of being an independent producer, it goes with this, goes with that too, is, is you can't, you can't let yourself be afraid of the fire, right? Our job is kind of like you're, in many ways, you are a fire, a fire, fireman, firewoman, fire person. You know, you have to run towards fire. You have to be, you have to, at some level, love risk. You have to love risk. Um, you have to thrive on stress and risk-taking. And, you know, that, I think, again, maybe that's probably the biggest, 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 biggest 
secret, quote unquote secret that I could tell anyone is if you're in the job and you're struggling, which again, we all have, or if you're thinking about doing the job or if you've been in the job for a long time. Uh, but, you know, also uh, we should back up and define uh, independent producer as perhaps. Oh, uh, independent, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> independent producer is one who, defined as one who is God. not using studio money. Is that fair? Yes, yes. Someone, okay. I would say someone who has to um, procure their own material, raise their own financing, physically produce the movie and deliver and sell the film to a distributor. Because you're dealing with people who are of all different personality types. So that's really tough. Yeah, that can, yeah, it can, it can be tough. It can be tough. I think that, um, again, it's, it's because you can't like go into a book and look up what an independent producer does. You can't even look up what a producer does, right? It's a, it's a, it's a malleable job title. It's not like brain surgeon. We're like, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a proper definition of what that job entails, right? You're not doing taxes. If you're a brain surgeon, you might be, if you're a producer. Um, so I think that it's that sort of just like, it's this undefinable aspect that, um, that makes it, that makes it tough. Right. That makes it sort of uh, a, a, a peculiar position to be in because you not everyone has all of those skill sets. And I think that it's I'll say this. And again, for anyone listening who obviously if, if anyone is listening who does this, I commend you and hit me up for anyone who wants to do this or is considering doing this. And I, by this, I mean, independent producing, you know. It's, it's not what people think it is. Does that mean, it's, I think there's just a major misconception about what the job is and what the job actually entails. And so what advice is there for someone interested in going down this road? What are the initial steps, the early exposure? First, stop in your tracks, turn around, go the other way, find something else. Now, um... <laughs> um, that's a half joke. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, the, if you're, if for someone who's first starting out, right. If we're just, if we're going to, if we're going to isolate a section of people who have, are not independent producers yet, but want to be, well, example, I think that you went out and yeah. you did some really small movies. And so yeah, that's how you, uh, you develop the, uh, the instincts and the relationships. Yeah, you, you mean inevitably your first few films are going to be stepping stone movies, right? Especially if your first one, you have no fucking idea what you're doing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's knowing what good material is, being able to source and find that material. That's, you know, step one. You know, can you identify within yourself and within the marketplace what is a movie and what is a story that audiences want to see that buyers want to buy. You can figure that out just by watching movies and seeing what movies do financially or, you know, on streaming, what they do in terms of their views. Um, so like the, the research is there for you, right? It's on your TV or it's in the movie theater, right? There's, that's your, that's your homework, watch and read and see. And if you're able to identify good material, um, you know, my suggestion always, always was, and, and this is what, when we did the class together for the last like six years, um, we spoke about this all the time. Uh, I think 
class number one, which is your very first movie. You, you've gotten the script, right? And let's say you're like me who like, you don't come from money. You don't have resources here. You're, you know, at the time I was 21. I was 19 when I did my first feature. You know, you're, you're, you're late teens, early 20s. And your financial track record is extremely important to build over the course of your career as, a, as an independent producer and as a, as a you know, studio producer too, right? Because that's how we're, for the most part, that's how we're merited based off the, the financial success of our films. So you want to set yourself up for success. So you want your first film to not only be something that's easy to execute, right? You're not trying to kill yourself for the first movie. Easy to execute, easy to get made because it's commercial, because there's a demand for it, right? Depending on what market maybe you live, you know, in the Middle East and there's a certain kind of movie that you know gets made and you're, maybe you're living in uh, the United States and, you know, you're saying, okay, well, you know, genre films or action films always do really well. And so that's, you know, a, a next part. And then being able to say, okay, I want to set myself for, for success. I don't need to try to raise $5 million for my first movie. You don't have to raise $100,000 for your first movie, right? My first my first first feature was five thousand. My second feature was like twenty thousand, right? So these are small feature films in terms of their cost. But I was so interested in making something look like it cost more than it did, and because that was an obsession, you know, I think we achieved that. And because we made them for so little, and because we made we had looked at the marketplace, and we were obviously loving genre films. So okay, well, horror films do really well. You know, you don't have to make a phenomenal horror film for people to love it. Some people love bad horror films. Not that you set out to go make one, but like there, it's a forgiving genre. So, okay, let's do something in this. Within genre, what kind of movies are doing well right now, right? Look at the marketplace, do the research. And so that movie that we made for $20,000, small little horror film, got bought by Lionsgate. And we sold it for, I mean, you know, at the time, a lot of money. I think we made, sold it for like $150,000, which, you know, we were 21 at the time. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not nothing. We made, you, you made money. So now you've made your first film. Look, is, is, it, is it the best film you're going to make? Obviously not, right? No one's going to really know about this movie for the most part by the time that you're, you know, on your deathbed. So you now have a financial track record. Now you can say, okay. Well, I have another script, and this script's $100,000. And if I was able to get that multiply on my $20,000 investment, imagine what I can do with $100,000, and if we do this, this, and this, and we repeat this success, and we increase these things over here. And now you can pitch that to other investors, and then you build and build and build and build. And again, again, that's at least what I did. Again, there's a thousand different ways to succeed. I have friends who did, who you know, was a co-producer on his first feature film was a co-producer and that movie went to the Oscars, you know, and, and now he's does studio films. Like it's, it's, it's all really about, again, being able to pick material, saying this is something that I think is going to do well. Right. And it's something that I think can make money, even if it's just drama, right. Something that can make money. And again, believing that, you can succeed at this. Like, again, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. It is so, it is, it is that, that, that analogy of you're on that tightrope and there's just, you have to walk across and you can't, you know, and again, uh, 
I'll tell you what I did. And I, you know, I think that, I mean, look, I was an assistant for 12 months, right? Right out of college, right out of college. I graduated early. So like first, second semester, senior year, I was driving to the Paramount lot where my job was at the time being an assistant. And I did that job for 12 months. I, the company I was with did 12 movies in 12 months, which was insane, obviously, production-wise. Um, so talk about, you know, I doubled my, my film education within, you know, the, the four years I was in school, just six months of those four years were, where's that half time at a job. You have to get in somewhere and get the lay of the land and look around and see how it's being done by others and see how companies function and oh, see yeah. how productions oh, yeah. function. You know, Especially I, if you're, yeah, if you're younger, if you have the opportunity to be in LA and you're still in college, I mean, for the people listening who are college kids, I mean, yes, you should 100% be interning at places, or if you're just moving to LA, work at least spending at least a year at a company that does something in the same ilk that you want to do so that you can learn. Well, you know what? This has been an enormously useful and even inspiring session. And a reminder for anyone interested in reading Eric's fabulous chapter in Movie Business Book, uh, let's thank you very, very much, Eric B. Fleischman, for being on the Movie Business Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.